from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Buckle up for safety because we are about to go for a ride with Coach Anthony Troshak, Charlevoix Boys Basketball as we discuss practice planning. This is about 30 to 40 minutes of his hour-long presentation on practice planning. He discusses layering, progressions, loading, goes into great detail in these specific areas. He talks about practicing the things that we need to work on the most that lead to us being successful in games and much, much more great detail by Coach Tro in this presentation. So we're going to hear, let you hear some of the audio from that presentation that he gave to us this past week with our Coach's Edge uh, members and, and listeners. A couple other things, November 13th, USA Schools Coaches Clinic, that's in Michigan. You can register at KramerBasketball.com slash events. We've got some awesome speakers lined up. It's a mini clinic, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. If you're in that area, you can literally have lunch, leave, come to the clinic for three hours, be home for dinner. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. And then coachesedge.coach is live. If you're interested in all the cool stuff that we're doing with our online membership, the resources, hundreds of videos, small-sided games, strategy, X's, nos, drills, plays, combined with the fact, the personal touch, baby. The personal touch is what you know, separates us as far as the weekly emails, the membership calls, uh, access to me, whether that's phone call, Zoom call, text messages, email, me being a resource for you to use throughout the course of the year, coachesedge.coach to join our membership. It's a great time to join as basketball season is about to kick off. Special thank you to Coach Tro for taking the time to share his passion for the game of basketball. It's a really great dude, but extremely knowledgeable as well when it comes to the game of basketball and how he break down his practices was great for everybody to join. And I hope you enjoyed as well. Let's get to the show. Membership site. We'll have this available on the Coach's Edge membership site as well. Why Coach Tro? I've known him for a long time. Great person. He's a mad scientist. Uh, thinks about basketball a ton. Uh, digging into his practice planning stuff. If you've been a part of the membership yet and had the chance to take a look at some of his presentations on there, spends a lot of time with his practice. And when it comes to building a basketball program, you think of how much time you spend in practice compared to other areas uh, of the game, uh, just time around those kids. It's a time where we can build our culture. It's a time where you know we can improve our communication on and off the court. It's a time where we can build the concepts that we work with with the players, develop stronger relationships. This is the majority of the time we spend with our kids is in practice. So it's vital that you know, Coach Troshak shares some of his thoughts, his ideas, the things that he's learned over his coaching career. And I uh, look forward to everything that he has to say. Um, so without further ado, Coach Tro, thank you for this presentation in advance. And the floor is yours. All right, Coach, I uh, want to thanks a lot for the introduction. And thank you, Coaches, uh, for being here. It says a lot about uh, yourselves. Um, you know, it's a Thursday night, and here you are. So, uh, you know, I commend you that. We always ask our players to – you know, do tough things to uh, make themselves better. And, you know, you can send your players or talk to your players and say, hey, you know, I was on a Zoom. Um, and, 
things. And hopefully you learn something tonight that, that will make you better. Um, and the next thing is like, I don't want this to be like, it can be informal. So stop me if you have questions. Um, I might ask some questions if you feel free or feel free to unmute yourself, talk, or you can just like, if you're busy, like maybe you're doing stuff, drop something in the chat if you want to add to it. Um, it's very informal. Um, so I just kind of want to get some ideas out there too. And also, um, you know, have maybe some discussions at some, um, yeah, talking about practice, it's, it's right upon us. If you're in Michigan, you found out the information that we're now starting on November 21st, there was talk about the 16th. So you're probably disappointed that, uh, we don't get a few extra days of practice. Um, but without further ado, I'm kind of going to jump in it and you can't talk about practice without talking about my man, Alan Iverson. We're going to talk about practice, talk about practice. Um, so I was thinking about this presentation and like, what were the, the big, if I were to pick two, three, four things, um, I think that, um, are vital in your practices. It, it's one is relationships. And I know it's it's probably something maybe that you know that you might not think about, and sometimes I don't think about it. It all comes back to relationships, relationships, coach to coach, um, player to coach, player to player. So, what are ways that you are creating collisions within your practice, creating an opportunity um, for players to build those relationships? And I'm going to share a couple. Then I'm going to ask if anybody has any specific ways, like during practice. I'm not talking after practice or a team, um, a retreat or anything like that. But during practice, how do you build relationships? Because we're with each other a lot. So one thing we uh, I've implemented is a high and buy rule. So when they get to practice, I want them to say hi to me. When they leave, I want them to say bye. I want to know the pulse of them when they're walking in. I want to maybe have a, a chat with them on their way out. Maybe it's something positive. Maybe it's something I think they need to improve on. Maybe they were off that day and I can kind of talk to them about it. So high and buy rule is one thing we do. Other things I've done in the past, don't do it these every day. Um, but I might just tell players like, hey, you know, you need to give 10 pieces of encouragement today, all right? And then with 10 guys in the gym giving 10 pieces of encouragement, that just brings the energy up in practice, especially during, you know, February when you have those practices that are they're a little tougher, you know, the, the dog days of the season. So that's another thing, um, you know, contact. You know, they did that study with Steve Nash of how many touches he gets. Um, and there's studies that show, you know, teams that get the most touches, ultimately it leads to success. Uh, leads to winning so you could say hey uh, you got to get 20 fist bumps today at practice or you could come out and you know hey before you grab a ball off the rack you come out of the locker room i want you to go get four fist bumps to your teammates you know just kind of give them give them a fist bump tell them how your day is going or ask them how their day is going so that's another way to build relationships in your practice starting out um give thanks that's part of our program is gratitude so you know i want you to thank four teammates today Maybe you thank somebody who's setting the screen. Maybe you thank them for passing. And, you know, they probably have the rule, always thank the passer. Um, but oftentimes we forget like, hey, thanks for, I missed, I missed that assignment. Hey, thanks for communicating with me. Hey, thanks for having my back. And when I got screened and, you know, calling that out, thanks. All right, because that's what gets praise, gets repeated. Um, so does anybody, and you can drop in the chat or you can come on mute, like have any specific ways that you and maybe Coach Kramer, you can chime in, that you've seen like that really build relationships during practice, player to player, coach to player, and so on. Looking one, at the chat. One thing uh, I've implemented and, you know, when I was, was coaching is, um, 
when we have practice, the kids have part of their pre-practice routine already built into our workout. And so there's not something that when we start practice, I have to direct and coach and teach and say, Hey, we're doing this, you know, hand off here, cut here. They already know what their series. And I'll dig into some of that stuff uh, in our presentation next week on, on Wednesday with player development. But because we have that in place, as far as how we're doing some skill work, as soon as they come into the gym, that then gives me the chance to go around the gym, touch base with all the kids, as you said, get a pulse for each kid, right? This kid doing well, this kid, not so well, this girlfriend broke up with this kid, kids, you know, borderline, you know, failing some of his classes, you got to talk, you know, di different things for, for each student, get a handle on them, touch, touch base with them. Uh, and, and so that's one way that, you know, I've implemented that aspect of relationships built into our player development in the beginning of practice. Like it. Yeah. Good stuff. Being able to touch base with those kids is important. Anybody else got anything that they do in practice to build relationships? Some of the stuff you said, you know, for us, like pre-practice, making sure you're, you know, connecting with every single guy and it's, it's not even necessarily just high, you know, more about how your day is going. Um, pre-practice small groups have them answer a question, almost like an icebreaker kind of style. Um, like that we do, we do a lot of that so um heard a cool idea from uh that's kind of the the coach to player touches thing on a, a pgc thing it's a i think mike neighbors did it um uh, but he talked about it at a pgc clinic where he puts his whole roster on a sheet um, and he tries to get three touches on every player every practice and so he you know, he puts a circle, the first touch, he puts a slash, the second touch, and then he X's it out on the third. Um, and he has his whole roster and every practice plan. So I thought that was a cool idea. I don't know if I'm going to be, that almost feels a little too forced for me, but I get like, maybe, I don't know, maybe that dude's wiring isn't as much that way. And so he's just really being intentional about it. Um, but that was one thing I want to throw into. No, I like it. And you know, Mike Neighbors is a pretty good coach. He always has uh, creative and innovative ideas. And, and that's one of them. And it's important, you know, to go around, have those connections with players. Um, so if no one has any, anything else, we'll go on to the next thing. And that's, you know, doing the ordinary things extraordinarily well. Like there's a million drills out there and everyone does shell drill. You know, my question to you coaches is what makes your shell, shell, shell drill better than everyone else's? Like what makes it better or what could you do that makes it better? Um, player development. Like we're all working on passing, shooting, you know, dribbling. What makes it the best? And I think, you know, the more I've been coaching, the more I've experienced, it's not like really what you do. It's how you do things. And one thing early in the season that, and not just early in the season, but specifically early in the season, I think is um, beneficial is you do a skill development drill it's rather basic and you have them do it until they are like just messing up all over the place. Meaning like it could be mic and drill. It could be some ball handling drill and you have them. And if they don't do it hard, the key is you repeat it. You just go, all right, we're gonna do that again. Don't even really tell them why. Like, all right, we need to do better. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. All right, we're gonna do it again. Until they are all going so hard that they might be losing the ball during mic in. They're all over the place. And you say, you know, that is the level we have to practice at for our skill development. We got to get better. 
Otherwise, we're just going to stay the same. And I think that's important because, you know, everyone's going to do some basic drills about land ring shooting, you know, Mike and like I'm using an example, but you know, how are you going to do it better than everyone else? And part of it is just having that, that standard and that expectations. So I think it's important early in the season to do some drill where you like make them do it over. We're going to make them do it over. This is how we're going to do things. And it really sets the tone early, especially in the season. Then you might have to get back to it later in the season. Um, but I found that beneficial. Um, and then there's like, if you want to go, you know, have some backing, I guess, with it, there's a Kobe clip with Alan Stein and Alan Stein talks about how he went to watch Kobe work out. And when he got there, you know, one, Kobe was already drenched in sweat before, you know, the workout even started. And two, um, he says, you know, Kobe went through the most basic footwork, um, basic drills that, that Alan Stein would go through with a sixth grader, a seventh grader. And he ended up asking Kobe, you know, you know, why, why the basic stuff? Or he goes, you're the best player in the world. You know, why are you doing these basic drills? And Kobe goes, why do you think I'm the best? And the whole point is to never get bored with the basics. Um, so how are you doing those basics, ordinary things, you know, better than everyone else? Because I think that's key. I mean, us, as coaches, we do the same things. We're, we're all working on the same things, but how is ours better than your, your crosstown rival? Um, how can you make it better? How can you improve it? Uh, next, adversity. I think it's really important to put players into situations where they're going to experience adversity because in most games, that's what happens. Um, and not just putting them in there and being like, all right, you know, here's some adversity. Have at it. Just throw them in the fire. It's like, okay, we got to learn from this because it's going to happen in a game. It's not just the experience. Like experience isn't the teacher. It's evaluated experience. And I think that sometimes is lost. Like they're not going to get better just experience adversity. They're going to get better when they evaluate it, when they, you know, communicate when they break down that experience, that's that's where really the true growth is. So first of all, like, you know, put them in some um, ad adverse situations or if they're facing adversity in practice, just simply stop them and be like, you know, maybe the intensity is just real low. And you ask your team, you know, hey, what do you think of our intensity right now? You know, what do you think of our intensity? And they'll probably give you an honest opinion. And most of them know or they're hopefully they recognize. And then, you know, what can we do about it? What are we going to do about it? Or you can ask the next question, are you okay with this? Are you okay with our communication right now? It could be execution, like, you know, hey, what do you guys think of our execution? Uh, are you okay with it? And that just asking those questions really is like, all right, now they're starting to recognize, now they're gonna give ownership and now they have to come up with some sort of, you know, solution. Hey, we gotta make this better. This isn't up to our level. And um, things you can do in practice when those, that adversity hits is give them a timeout. Or right, you got a 30-second timeout to regroup. All right, I'm going to stay out of it. You guys do it. All right, or you can kind of chime in here. Um, you know, how are we going to improve it? You can maybe be in that huddle, help them out the first time, and hopefully, you know, throughout the year, they've gotten better. And, but giving them a 30-second timeout or 60-second timeout in practice when they're facing adversity, how are they going to right the ship? Um, I think it's important because it ultimately ends up in a game uh, situation or it ends up transferring over to games and you want to be able to say at a timeout or during a dead ball guys we trained for this moment like we've been here we've trained for it we've been through this adversity and when you do that um you know players okay we've done this practice we know we know what we're going to do we got we got to stick together all right we got to focus on the small things we got to focus at the task at hand let's 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 you know don't get down on ourselves, don't hang our heads, all those small things. Um, but I think adversity is huge.
Uh, next is celebrations. I kind of already talked about it. Um, you know, that, that wicket's praise gets repeated. So give up, give um, opportunities to players to celebrate each other. Um, we do it pretty much at the end of practice where they go around and they celebrate um, success either on or off the court. And they end with a fist bump, you know, Hey, I really like coach Kramer brought the juice today. He was just all over on the defensive end, you know, he's communicating. He got his hands on multiple, you know, basketballs. He tipped them. Um, he just got after it. Hey, good stuff. Coach Kramer fist bump. Now he's walking out feeling better. And he also recognizes that hard work, and especially those players that maybe do the dirty work in practice. They don't get recognized in the newspaper or on social media. That's where they get some love from their teammates, you know, making each other better. So I think celebration's huge in your practice and celebrate success. Um, is there any any comments, questions over those four before I kind of move on to some other stuff dealing with practice? Feel free to drop in the chat, but I for some reason can't even see the chat. Oops. I think our custodian is trying to clean the locker room, by the way. So if you hear me talking, <laughs> that's who it is. Holly. There's there's nothing in the chat at this point, Coach, so keep going. Okay, thanks. So some overlying principles, um, you know, be great at the things that happen the most. So whatever your offense is designed to do, or your defense is designed to do, you need to rep those things. Um, I know it seems um, obvious, but uh, to kind of quantify it would be like 40 to 60 reps of practice. If you're shooting – you know, corner threes, are you guys getting that many reps per practice? If you're um, focused on maybe your pack line, you do a lot of closeouts. We got to do a lot of closeouts because we do those over and over again. Maybe that might that number might be a little high for uh, closeouts, um, but you got to get them a lot of practice. Um, and and then also, you know, be great at what you're good at. So what are you going to hang your hat on? You know, what is kind of your identity? Those things need to be be the basis of your practice plan every day. It's so easy to get caught up in different drills and flashy stuff. But what ultimately comes down is to what's going to happen the most in the game. You know, shooting, you know, there's going to be passing. It's going to be, you know, rebounding. There's going to be basic things. So my question, I'm going to stop here. And it's kind of on the bottom. If you could win a game in just a couple of ways, you know, what would it be? Um, what would your What would your team hang your hat on? So I'll just leave that there real quick. Let's throw right. these in the chat. If you can just we'll just put a whole bunch of stuff in the chat. If you could win win a game in one, two ways, what would they be? There we go. I'm gonna have to read them. I can see the chat, but I can't. I got you. I'm going to type one up right now so you can tell me yeah. if you see it. Can you see Coach Pillars? No. I have to exit out of full screen. So All right, that's fine. I'll, I'll tell you. Coach Pillar put transition, went in the transition game. Transition. We have conceptual offense, disruptive defense, and winning the possession battle. Nice. So possession battle would be yeah, like we're going to not turn the ball over and force them, you know, in the turnovers. Mm -hmm. Defense and work ethic. And then defense went in the turnover battle and then uh, paint touches. Paint touches. Nice. Good stuff. So 
you know, all great stuff and they're all different, mm -hmm. right? You know, there's, I'm not looking at chat coaches, but I, there's not too many repetitive ones. So we all have our own identity. And ultimately that's what you have to build your practice around because every team is different and you got to focus on the things that are going to win you games and you got to be great at those little things. Um, and I guess if, if we're throwing stuff in the chat, you know, what are three things that happen the most for your team on offense? So if you feel free, what are the three things that happen the most on offense for your team? Drop it in the chat. Or you can come off mute. While you're typing those in, Coach Pitts put rebounding, taking care of the ball. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, if you if you can out-rebound them and turn the ball over fewer times, I like your chances. That's no doubt about that. I'm going to re rephrase your question one more time, Coach. Oh, so, so what are the three things that would happen the most for your team on offense? I'll give an example of um, pick and rolls or corner threes. What are the three things that happen the most for your team on offense? Gotcha. And what I'm trying to get at is that's what you need to wrap. That's what you need to put your focus on. Um be great at what you're good at and build your skill development out of that. So if there's any way to, you know, implement those layers together, um, they build on top of each other. You're, you're practicing not only skill development, but you're practicing your offense. Um, but if there's not much, we can keep moving on. Um, so why, one thing is uh, fight for your culture every day. So I think it's important to have like, you know, your intangibles, your, your non-negotiables, core values. Me and coach Donovan actually had a great conversation uh, talking about core values and how do you implement those in your practice so they're not just words um, on a on a sign because you know we're on the back of a t-shirt we put this this stuff up but how do we implement it how do we use it and I think putting it in practice putting a focus even a certain drill like hey this drill is really going to test you know our grit it's really going to test our grit it's going to test our toughness um, this drill is going to test um, and it's going to display selflessness because we're trying to make the extra pass right now extra pass is worth double the points or whatever it might be every time you make that extra pass we make a shot um so fight for your culture every single day it's not just something you talk about at the beginning of practice not something that's just on a jersey you have to fight for your culture every single day and implement it every single day um and this year kind of what i'm going to do is have uh i'm going to call it what the doctor ordered so the D stands for defense, the O is for offense, and the C is for culture. So every day I'll say, defensively, this is our focus. Uh, offensively, this is our focus. And then culturally, like I'm talking about, and then tangible, that is our focus. Um, so the players, you know, should know that every day. Um, going on, talking about like when you're coming up with your practice plans, and this would be even a good time to do it, you know, here in October before the season starts, is being able to layer uh, skills and concepts and what I mean by that, it's building like one skill or concept on top of the next until it's complete. So give the example of Kramer form or Kramer's form shooting, which we call it in practice. And layer one is our follow through. Layer two is ball movement. Layer three is body movement. Layer four is, is game shot. So you've gone for, through each layer and you've built a complete shot. So the skill of shooting is set for the most part there. So you've layered on top of each other. Another example might be defense. So layer one would be positioning. Layer two is your communication. 
uh, layer three is your ball skill um, and so on. And why I think that's important right now is then you can build drills out of that. So like, how am I going to teach communication? How am I going to teach positioning? And then you build on it. So the first practice or two, and even if you're, you know, JV freshman coach is really good. Like we're going to focus on positioning. All right. Because if you're trying to give them 10 different things, they, they can, you know, players need one or two things to focus on. So that's, that's an, I feel um, helpful when you're building practice plans and layer things on top of each other progression. All right. Um, but it's until it's complete. And then like an example, if you're putting in your offense for us, we're kind of more like dribble drive motion. We're going to run and we're going to build from the rim out. So what I mean by that is, what type of finishes am I going to teach? Because that's what's going to be at the rim. That's the one-on-one. -on -one. How are we going to create advantage? And then, then we're going to go two-on-two. -two. So if the guy comes off the player in the corner, kick. Um, also, we'll have four-out, one-in. So if they help, we're looking for that dump-off. Um, so you're building your offense from the rim out. Um, and then we'll go three-on-three, four-on-four, and build it all together. But start with that layer of one-on-one. -on -one finishing and then build from the rim out. Hopefully that makes sense and stop me if it doesn't in terms of like laying skills or laying concepts or building your, your offense. I think this is great because a lot of times, you know, in my mind, yeah, I have certain drills in my mind that I've always enjoyed using, but it may be a layer three when we need a layer one. And it's easy just to jump to the things that we know and that we like without getting the progressions in place first, which is, you know, really, really important. Definitely. Even I was helping out our middle school. They're just kind of doing um doing open gyms this week. They start practice next week and just how basic we have to start. Like we always forget like where our players are coming from, especially, um, you know, the ones that are really in fall sports. It takes a little time to knock off the rust or even we we remember them at the end of last year or remember that team at the end of last year. But maybe we graduated six seniors. So you're like, well, these guys, you know, coming in, we got to go back to layer two. We got to start at layer two. And that's where I think, um, you know, layering uh, skills and concepts really can help you out when, with your practice planning. A nexus progression. And I know these kind of like um, are related and similar with layering progression and loading, but progression is making a skill or concept more difficult. So, for example, we layered on top of, um, we layered, we had layers on top of each other to build the skill of shooting in that last example. So, now to make it more difficult, uh, more game like would be, doing add-ons so it could be step and hop if you watch coach kramer's video he has a drill where he takes the ball inside hand he's he drops it he pushes it off his outside foot squares up shoots it so that's you've taught this the the skill of shooting and you've layered it on top of each other until it's complete now we're going to progress that skill by making it a little more difficult um 180 turn so i have my back turn to the basket coach kramer says go he tosses me the ball i catch it I'm shooting. What I'm working on is trying to get my hips back. I'm trying to work on catching ready to shoot. Pound to pull up. So now you're making the skill a little more difficult from just shooting the ball, just form shooting, and um, you're making it more game-like. Communication, uh, the progression of communication, um, it's a little different. It's more like a – well, I'll just explain it. But I think it's important um, when you're teaching communication to – like have one one focus first. Maybe we're just communicating one thing where I'm at positioning, especially the young players. Two, now I'm communicating two things. So I'm communicating where I'm at and what the other team is doing. You know, I'm at help. I'm at help. Uh, skip, 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 skip. All right. 
And then I think it's also kind of nice. So you'd be progressing to jog through actions, especially actions involved like multi, you know, multiplayer, like a screen, the screener. So then your players are jogging through it at half speed, but they're communicating at full speed. So the progression is we're going half speed. And now it would be once, once they get it and they can communicate it. Now we're going full speed. Now I'm going to test you when you're five on four. All right. And then we're going to keep progressing, making it a little more difficult. How can your communication be five on four? So that's the progression of um, skills, the progression of, of concepts in, in your practice. Again, stop. And Coach Graham, we've seen anything in the chat. Um, feel free to stop me. Um, loading. This is like one of my favorites. And like I said, it's, it's similar to layering and progression, but it's basically adding or subtracting a constraint. And it could be as simple as, you know, Coach Donovan has a player that is really good driving the ball right, but everyone in the league knows it. And he's going to say, hey, I want you to just, just you need to get a left-handed, you know, finish today. Get, get two or three before you can even go right. And that's making it a little more challenging for that player. No one else needs to know that's a constraint for him. Um, or it could be like leveling the playing field or, or focusing on a specific um, skill or concept. So what I mean by that is we're doing, you know, five spots around the arc. Coach Kramer, you got your great shooter. You got to make four out of five before you can go to the next spot. You know, Coach Troshek, you're not such a good, or you just, I wouldn't say it, but you only have to make three out of five. All right. And you don't even have to like announce that all, all around. You just kind of walk around and hold some fingers up or they know that they're like, I got to make this is and when we do five spots drill, I got to make four before I go to the next. Somebody else has to make three. And then once they get a little better, then they, you challenge them because ultimately you got to find that optimal level of um, basically like competition or, or challenging for them. What's the optimal level of development? And for every player, it's going to be different. So you got to vary that. Um you know, defensively, a constraint could be no no paint touches. So we are going to do this drill, um, no paint touches. We got to get four stops in a row. Those are just constraints. I'm sure we do this these things um, in practice, but I, I think sometimes, you know, it's, it's a helpful reminder um, on these things. Also, you know, skill development, let's say we're doing V dribbles. All right, this person's good at V dribbling. One way to uh, load that is now you got to do it with a tennis ball. So yeah, you can do V dribbles. Now he's doing it with a tennis ball. So you, you can kind of load that on there. And then, you know, we can unload stuff too, to make it a little easier, but ultimately we're trying to find that, you know, optimal level of, of development. And it could be another example down on the bottom, like, uh, we want to get our best shooter a seven because other teams are going to really make them work to get a shot. And if you don't know what seven is, it's a shot with range, rhythm, and room is how I define it. And on offense, we're working to get Johnny a seven. Defense, you cannot allow him to get a seven. So it's more game-like. So guys are going to screen for him. They're going to look for a good quality shot. Um, and you can gamify things by maybe even like adding, you know, extra points if Johnny gets a seven or you just say, hey, got a seven. All right, now, now, now the other team's on offense. Um, so just adding or subtracting different constraints um, to each drill and um, making it more challenging or to even out the playing field. Any questions or comments, feel free to jump in. For some reason I'm, there we go. All right, so some food for thought um, is the vitamins and 
you know, what, what do you do every day drills and skills and not just that, you know, how do you make those better than the other coaches that are just doing those same drills? That, that would be my challenge to coach. And that's my challenge to myself. How can I make this, this better? Sometimes it's making it just simple, just making it simple and sound. And we're going to do it at a certain level. All right. Sometimes it's adding something that you can kind of layer on top of each other. Um, sometimes it's loading that drill. Sometimes it's unloading that drill. But whatever your vitamins are, your daily drills and skills, how can you make them so you're doing that ordinary thing every day, but doing it at an extraordinary level and, and really being the best you can? Um, so that's one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, food thought is, is what are your vitamins every day? So that's something you think about when you practice plan. And I think it's good to have a variety. So players aren't doing the exact same thing every day. If you're doing miking, you know, there's multiple variations of miking you can do. Um, if you're doing a passing drill, maybe you switch, you rotate between three different passing drills every day that you do. Um, another thing I think is really important in practice is the kind of idea of you're never out of a drill. So what I mean by that is instead of, you know, on the sidelines, just standing there, you're doing two things. You're always offering encouragement and you're always offering reminders to your teammates. And what that does is it engages your players. It also uh, allows them to kind of reinforce what's going on on the floor. So now they're off the floor, but they're learning it still. Um, it brings the energy up in practice. I've done this before. And I've said, hey, you know, uh, Jack, you're the help side police right now, man. If we're not at help, it's on you right now, Jack. And he's on the side. Okay, I got it. And he's yelling, hey, Bryce, get, get your butt to help. Get to help. Get to help. Make sure you're getting the help. Um, so you give them ownership. So instead of just one or you and your assistant coaching, you got 12 coaches out there. Um, or helping each other out and to get better. So I think that's one thing that um, I've implemented that I really like is, you know, you're never out of a drill. You're always going to give uh, reminders and encouragement. Um, if you're ever struggling with practice plans, which especially if you got a buy or not a buy, but like a little time off, I would drop like um, fold a piece of paper into four squares. And, you know, what do you think, you know, are your four values, maybe two on offense, two on defense, build from there. All right, because that's what's going to win you games is those things, those things that you hang your hat on. Um, and maybe you just eliminate one. Maybe it's three because you have too much that day. Um, so one thing I've done in the past when, you know, I've been especially early in the season, like, all right, focus on what is going to what we're going to hang our hat on, what is going to allow us to be successful. Uh, another idea I've never done, but Coach Lynch, who's uh, popular out there on Twitter, uh, red, yellow and green practices. Um, red is like one or two topics max, and it's like a deep dive. So you're really teaching something. Maybe it's like your um, ball screen defense, you're, and maybe it's uh, something on offense, maybe blobs and slobs or your, your specials, call it your specials, so end of game stuff and blobs and slops. And you go blobs and slops. You go right into like deep diving. Um, there's less live play. And then a yellow practice, you're working on multiple aspects of the game. It's kind of balanced, which most I would say most of our practices, coaches, or most of mine at least, are ball in that yellow area. Uh, red maybe early in the season. And then green would be like minimal coach talk intervention, provide a lot of play. All right, so you are, um, you know, giving them an opportunity um, to play. So I thought that was a cool idea. I wanted to share it. I've never done it. Like I said, I didn't label them like that. I'm, I just haven't, but I, I think I think it's a cool idea. Um, other things that I actually is not here that I think is good for your, um, the intangible part of practice is one year we had players um, 
come up with something that they were going to police or own that was like kind of an intangible. What I mean by that is like one player was in charge of touches. So they are like going around, giving a ton of fist bumps, and then they encourage it. Hey, hey, give him a fist bump. He just gave you a good pass. So that's what you are owning. All right, you're in charge of that. You're owning that. Maybe if somebody is in charge of gratitude. So they're always thanking the passer. They're thanking teammates. They're telling their teammates. They're reminding them. So they are owning something, just one thing. And then, again, you go from not only having one coach reminding players, you go from having however many on your roster um, enforcing those intangibles. It doesn't even have to be an intangible. It could be like help side, like I mentioned. Um, we could ha- we had a, actually we did have a player do the help side police and his um I had him come up with a job description and his was like a, a suicide hotline. It was like the helpline is what he called it. And it was actually a cool um like job description of you know what he was gonna do and how in practice he was gonna be the help, the help side person. Um make sure we're always at help side, make sure we're helping our teammates out and communicating. So I thought, think that's a, a good idea to have. You don't have to go crazy in depth. You could maybe just have them have one thing. You don't have to have them have a job description, but it could be, um, you know, that that hype person. But it brings your energy up in practice. So the last thing I want to go over and then kind of open it up, because I'm curious to hear about, like, in my question, you guys can start thinking about why I do this last thing is, like, what do you do in practice that you think is, like, really good that you, if you're, like, if you could share with, share one thing with other coaches, like, oh, we do this. It's sweet. All right. Um, so get thinking about that and we'll share in a second. I'm going to go to my practice plan real quick. Just kind of give you an idea of what it looks like here. Um, and main, mainly just for the outline. You don't even have to pay attention to this stuff, but start, you know, and duration, emphasis, the type of thing we're working on is, and I have like a drop down that has different things. I've kind of played around with this template a little. Um, you know, I'm not in love with it and it, but it's, it, it works for me. <laughs> and then the activity we're doing POE was the point of emphasis. And I'm also going to add this year, like some, um, sound bites. So things that like, it's kind of already in there, but things I want to repeat, like over sound bites, like peak, every time you touch the ball peak, um, you know, fight under fight over bump under fight over bump under. So they hear it over and over again, and it reinforces that. Um, points of emphasis for culture, like right here, I said, you know, make them do something over. And so that was my point of emphasis during a warm up. Is this was like an early practice with middle school last year. If we don't do, you know, our closeouts right, we're gonna do it over. We're gonna do it over. All right. And having that that standard of expectation. Um, and then competitions is where I keep track of points. So there's nothing in there because it was early in the season. So I think that's important. Also, I have at the top relationships. Um, and I'll put in notes here. Sometimes they're longer than others, but it's just like, you know, I got to talk to Javon, you know, how are his teammates going to respond to Javon? All right. Actually, that was a different way. How are his teammates going to respond to Joe? Um, so I knew what that meant. I had to watch that in practice. I wanted to talk to Joe about that. Uh, also, like down on the bottom, I have, you know, some team success criteria, coach success criteria. Like I want to bring energy, I want to bring joy. I want to hold players accountable and I want to be clear in my communication. Just some things that I can focus on that practice. Um, so that's just an outline if you ever, you know, and if you have something that you want to add to it, I'd love, I'd love to hear it. Um, but this is where I'll kind of stop the screen share and open it up to everyone like, and ask, what do you do in practice that you think is just great? That if you could share one thing with me, Coach Kramer, what would it be? 
So I'll open it up and go ahead. I do want to let you guys know that that outline, obviously not filled out, but that outline is in the Coach's Edge website. It's under, I think, program development. You can download that Excel doc, and there's like 40 pages already set up for you um, that you can type in what you like as far as putting your practice plans together. As mentioned, I told you to buckle up. I mean, there's a lot of information in a rather short amount of time. And if you do want access to that video, just shoot me an email, contact at kramerbasketball.com, and I can send you the actual presentation because uh, that was a PowerPoint presentation that he went through and talked about the layering, the progressions, the loading. Uh, as great detail as he gave from the audio standpoint, there's a lot more of information that was on the slides that he didn't read word for word that can be really beneficial if you're looking at the slides uh, in that video presentation. So hit me up, contact at kramerbasketball.com if you would like that video presentation to our coachesedge.coach members that video will be uploaded into the membership site so you can watch it whenever wherever you like if you're interested in coachesedge.coach go to that website or you can reach out to me with questions contact at currentbasketball.com as well thank you for listening and get after it today